With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast brought to you by the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fay. I'm joined this week by Samuel Luckhurst and Tyrone Marshall. As we look ahead to United's return to action, they host Middlesbrough in the FA Cup on Friday night. We're recording this on Thursday, just after Ralph Raniak's pre-match press conference. And yeah, plenty to discuss from that presser. Samuel, I guess maybe the top news there is Jesse Lingard won't be available for the match. Paul Pogba will be back in contention for it. Um, yeah, I guess the team, which we'll get onto later, almost picks itself, doesn't it, at this stage? But Jesse Lingard has made himself unavailable for selection, the disappointment of not sealing that loan exit late in the window. And were you interested and surprised at all by Ralph Rennick's comments on Jesse Lingard? It's always interesting, these press conferences, when there has been a break, uh, like, like the one we've just had, because there's always something new that comes from them, something that you didn't expect. And Lingard asking not to play this week uh, was was one of those things. Sometimes the pictures come out from, from Carrington on Getty and you don't really think too much of in terms of who they've who they photographed, who haven't they photographed. But I suppose Lingard couldn't have been in those images this week. And as, as Ty, Ty was saying just before we came on this, he's possibly done himself out of maybe not starting, but you'd have thought he'd have been a contender to start against Middlesbrough. Uh, to, so he can, in, in Rangnick's words, clear his head uh, after a, a deadline day move didn't materialise. That whole... I don't like using the word saga, but it, it, I suppose it was kind of fitting for the way it played out with Lingard in that it was on, off, on, off. Um, and that was probably just on, on deadline day, never mind the, the couple of weeks prior to that. But Rangnick's a very candid talker and the way he talk, discussed it with us this week was a lot more... Um, it made a lot more sense than what was coming out from United on deadline day when they gave the impression that Lingard had wanted to stay throughout the whole window and they referred to talk of Newcastle United as if it was just something that was lingering in the ether when they they'd know full well that there was concrete interest from Newcastle. But I'm, I'm not entirely surprised that it's come to this because unfortunately a, a player who's been at the club for three quarters of his life is is going to leave that club on pretty poor terms, I think, in the summer. Um, the, the squad size has been whittled down. There's not as much competition for him to get into the team. And when Rangnick was explaining why they had kept him, he, he was specifically asked, was um, Mason Greenwood's arrest and United's decision uh, for him not to not to train with the uh, first team or, or play for the first team until further notice. He was asked whether that was a factor, and he said it was, which I think a lot of people kind of you know twigged on Monday when it became apparent that Lingard absolutely wasn't going to be allowed to leave. But it, it doesn't really help him in in the it's, it's still a long shot for him to get into the England squad next month for those friendlies against Switzerland and the Ivory Coast. He needs to put that face time in. 
because England are just laden with very gifted forwards and he, he didn't get in the Euro squad last year. Uh, he, I suppose, ironically, got back in the squad at the start of this season when nobody thought he should have been in the squad. But it's looking like a tall order for him now to to make the World Cup in, in November. And I suppose what will dictate whether he is um, in the England squad would will be how, how he does at his new club. And of course, that's only going to give him three months, possibly. And beyond that, he's maybe looking at injuries. So it, it's, a, it's a shame for United that it's, it's come to this with a player who, as I said, has spent three quarters of his life at the club. And, and he's done some brilliant things for, for United in the last six or seven years since he did break into the first team. And he's deserved a hell of a lot more opportunities this season. But unfortunately, club and player, uh, the relationship between them has been pretty strained for quite some time now. Yeah, you mentioned the word saga. The only time I used saga was the whole days my grandma used to go on, really. I'd, I'd hesitate to use it in, in, in that, that regard too much. Uh, Ty, in terms of Lingard, then, like someone said there, it does feel like he's missed a chance to come straight back into the lineup. I mean, we were just doing our panel then, and United's like attacking options do seem quite quite thin really for this game in terms of you know maybe a Langle will start. You, you don't know, do you? In, in terms of that, and maybe a youngster or two, otherwise will come in. But in terms of Lingard, then for the rest of the season, can you actually? I mean, like we said, he's asked to have this game off, and you know, hopefully he, he feels more in the right place to be putting the United shirt on from next week. But going ahead, do, what do you think his role's going to be between now and the end of the season? Well, I mean, it, it's probably a squad role, but. He is probably second choice right winger and maybe fourth choice number eight in, in midfield. Two roles he can play. There are games there for him to play, especially with injuries. Players who don't fancy it, seemingly. Um, I mean, I'm sure we'll come on to Cavani, but that's another bizarre one. Um, I mean, Sam is right. He has been, he's been poorly treated by United this season. He should have left last summer if this was the situation. And he started the season really well. And I think we all remember that assist against Villarreal for Ronaldo's goal when he did brilliantly. At that stage, everyone was crying out for him to start. He's got to be near near starting games. He's not come on earlier than the 76th minute in a game since then. I mean, the use of him is utterly bizarre when we know he's a player who, who can have an impact. Apparently, he's a £50 million player, um, but one who can't get more than 14 minutes in a game. So it is it is strange treatments of him. Needing extra time off to clear your head. I mean, obviously he feels that that is worthwhile. At the end of the day, he's missed out four months of relegation battle with Newcastle. Um, you know, he might have been he might have been thinking there was a longer move there, but I'm sure his options in the summer are going to be big here and abroad. I would have thought as a free agent, um, he's going to have a lot of options and probably better options than Newcastle. So, as much as he probably wanted to play, and there's a disappointment there, I think he should also worth you know consider that the the obvious issues within the United squad in terms of players who have left do present him with an opportunity to get games in this season and still make an impact this season. And in a way, give United a farewell they they don't deserve. We are talking about someone who's been at the club for 22 of his 29 years and the fact that it's going to end with very little emotion in the summer is is pretty sad, really, and pretty damning on United's part and the way the way he has been, been treated over the last sort of 18 months. I mean, it's more than two years since he started a league game now. But I still think there is a squad role for him to play this year. And this was certainly, maybe he wouldn't have started, but I think we could probably have, he would almost certainly have come off the bench and, and played a role, I would have thought. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a shame he's not available because it felt like a, a real chance for him. 
Someone who should be available than Samuel. It's 93 days since Paul Pogba last played for United. That was back when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was still in charge. Ralph Rannick's already said that you know he should be he'll be available tomorrow. And his comments to me sounded like he's going to start the way that he said it. Of course, Fred's come back from South America this week. Um, he has come back to training maybe a bit earlier than we thought he would do. And you just expect Pogba to start, really, wouldn't you? But it's quite an interesting dynamic there now because Fred's been in quite good form recently in that more advanced midfield role. And now it seems like he's got a proper challenge on his hand to, to keep it. Yeah, that's right. And I think from what Rangnick has said already about Pogba, he sees him as as a midfielder, as a as a number eight, not not a number six, which is of course the number that Pogba wears. But in, in the way United are playing at the moment, he's not going to be the, the the midfielder sitting at the base of um, of that triangle. Uh, it's that's always going to be McTominay or, or Nemanja Matic. That that wouldn't be the best use of of Pogba whatsoever. Um, his his position has been debated ad nauseum over the last six years uh, during his time at United. But when it's Middlesbrough in the FA Cup uh, Friday night. Middlesbrough are seventh in the championship that they've clearly got an eye on trying to get promoted back to the Premier League. It does have the makings of that extremely unmemorable game against Watford last season, the third round when United just won one nil. And I think Watford made wholesale changes to their team as well. That's that's how little they, they thought of that game. I, I think that Middlesbrough will maybe make more of a fist of it under, under Chris Wilder, but United have, are probably going to field a very, very strong side. The, the balance of it will be interesting that it doesn't make sense to make wholesale changes to the team uh, just because it's a cup game against a football league side because United haven't, haven't played in 13 days and the longer players go without playing, it's it's not particularly healthy for, uh, for the team. So I, I suspect there'll be four or five changes. Some of them are enforced, but Pogba, McTominay and Fernandes is is a pretty pretty good midfield really if they if they're all on form and they can they can work together as well and I suppose when you're coming up against Middlesbrough uh, who as I said they are a Championship side it's almost a bit of a trial to see how they how they do um, fare ahead of a much more um, arduous task against Burnley on Tuesday night but I think it makes sense to play Pogba given that he's been back training for three weeks or whatever it's been. Um, you know, the injury time frame for him was originally to be for, for him to be coming back. I think in, in late February around the Leeds game, but that's fortunately for United been been brought forward. I don't think anybody would really take any exception to, to starting him in this game. Uh, it's it's a credit to Fred that he's already back uh, at Carrington. Uh, he, I think he didn't even play uh, the other night, so uh, you know. The, it's it's easy to say, well, why shouldn't he be back, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, as we'll soon come on to, there's there's another South, South American United player who clearly, clearly uh, prefers to stay in South America uh, rather than in Manchester. Yeah, I can't blame him too much. Uh, Ty, in terms of Pogba there, then it does seem an interesting sort of dynamic that I think does kind of split the fan base. The fact that, you know, it's been no sort of open secret. We all expect him to leave at the end of the season. Ranić said, of course, didn't he, that he he doesn't mind using him if, if, if it's for his own short-term gain. And if he wants to leave in the summer, you know, he can do that. And in Ranić's sort of problem, it's not really Ranić's problem to solve. It's other managers who've, who've let it get this far, really. Do you think that Pogba should be starting every game, really, for United, even though it looks like he could leave? And do you think he actually does get into the, the strongest eleven <clears throat> at this moment in time? I'm not sure he necessarily does, although it'll be interesting to see how he gets on in, in this 4-3-3. It's probably a, 
a formation that suits him a lot better now. United have sort of committed to a more attacking midfield. Feels a little bit more like the France setup that he has. We know he was never, you know, playing a four-two-three-one. It never really felt like that. That naturally suited him, and that he was too eager to push up in midfield anyway. Um, and I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see him and Fernandez in a four-three-three. The, the relationship he's had with Fernandez previously has kind of been in that four-two-three-one. The closest they came to sort of linking up together, I guess, was in a midfield anyway. Was those games in Project Restart when? For, for a brief illusion, it looked like United might be free-flowing, free-scoring title challenges. Um, yeah, I think he's. I don't think he's necessarily guaranteed a, a start. I think Fred offers something a little bit, a little bit different, maybe a little bit more security and just better pressing. So I don't think he's necessarily guaranteed a start. But United can't cut their nose off to bite their face now. They have to. They have to play him um, with with no Van der Beek. He's obviously third in line at least for one of those number eight roles. So. He has to play. He is still a world-class midfielder on his day. United have only got themselves to blame that they're in this situation, really. They've known he's wanted to leave for, for two and a half years and have, have let it drag on, have been played dreadfully by, by Pogba's agent. And now they're in a position where they're going to lose him, probably going to lose him for a second time for, for nothing. Um, seems certainly that it's, it's heading in that direction at the end of the season. But they're not really in a position now to play hardball and say, you're not playing for us. We had the unfortunate situation with... Ranić basically saying if he's playing for a contract elsewhere, then then so what? It can work in our favour, and might be true. But I'm sure I'm sure United fans don't consider their club to be a shop window, and it's a pretty grim situation to be in. But it's one of United's own making over the last two and a half years, really. And now they've just got to accept it. And we have you know, this time last year, Pogba was in great form, probably the best, the most consistent run of form he's had for the club. Albeit that was playing off off the left wing. Um, who knows, he might still get games on the wing given United's shortage of options between now and the end of the season. But yeah, I think they're in a position where I'm not sure he's a starter in their in their best team, um, but he's he's certainly not far off and he's going to be in a situation where he's, he's going to get games. Yeah, of course, and a huge asset for United to have in the, in the business end of the season. Some of you have already mentioned Edison Cavani, the other South American, the one who won't be coming back and who won't be available for this Middlesbrough game. Um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, I mean, I really like Edison Cavani as an individual, but sometimes it's just his selection issues and the fact that he's often not available for United it just sort of further outlines the need for a new striker this summer, doesn't it? Yeah, he, ha- he had eight, eight weeks off after the Copper America in the summer and there were issues under Ole and Solskjaer last year where the medical would, staff would declare Cavani available for selection, then he would declare himself unfit. That came to a head around the AC Milan game when United published the squad and said that Cavani was uh, in it. And then a couple of hours later, they had to say that he, he'd withdrawn from the squad and, and Solskjaer confirmed that was that was his decision as well at, at his press conference, I think. So, I mean, his, his United career is going to end in the summer. Uh, that's that's pretty apparent. Um, the, the request to miss the, the Middlesbrough game, I, I think it's, it was pretty clear that he wasn't going to start the game, but it's the principle of it that you can't be bothered to play in the FA Cup against Middlesbrough on a Friday night. I played on, he'd have played on, was it Tuesday night, I think, for, for Uruguay, so early hours of Wednesday morning. Fred's already back at Carrington. There's no reason why Cavani couldn't have already been back at, at Carrington, but he wants to be in South America. And, you know, that, that, that's that's understandable to an extent um, because, you know, that, that that's where he's from. That's clearly where he's probably going to go back to in the summer as well to, to continue 
the twilight of his career. But again, it does really question, you have to question the decision-making process at United. Uh, Cavani has been a really brilliant striker to watch at times. He's, he's given United fans brilliant moments during lockdown. Um, it was it was worth the wait so they could watch him in person as well. Uh, they, they buzz off him. You saw that footage after they got the winner against West Ham. Uh, it, it felt like Cavani had scored, but nobody really minded really because United supporters, that they buzz off that passion. And it, when he's on the pitch, his commitment is undeniable. This, this is the frustrating thing, I suppose. Away from the pitch, his commitment is, is clearly questionable. Lockdown wouldn't have been easy last year. There's there's no question about that. It was difficult for everybody, and particularly so for someone who moves to a foreign country, can't speak the language. The FA didn't help with their excessive um, uh, suspension that they meted out to him for for, for the Instagram post he, he put up after the Southampton game. So I, I, get, I suppose there's an element of resentment from Cavani over that still. But... United, it's just too comfortable. This is a club that didn't want Antonio Conte as coach because it had been con- confrontational and it had been demanding um, of the board, of the players. And then they wonder, why why don't they win things? Why are they serial underachievers? And the thing about Cavani is that he is he's someone who's achieved a lot in his career and he's he's from a different generation to some of the players who, who are on easy street at the club. But he is taking liberties at United and... Even under new management, he's he's getting his way, and the the fact that he was probably not going to be available, sorry, not play against Middlesbrough, is is besides the point. There's got to be a principle there. It's it's something that really shouldn't be tolerated, and I think another coach would have taken a much dimmer view of it and just insisted that he he report back when he was due to report back originally. Yeah, exactly. You can't just pick and choose. If you're a United player, you play when the club need you to, don't you? And I guess that, like you said, that those tensions haven't really boiled over too much in the fan base yet. But like I said, maybe it's the slipping standards at Old Trafford that we've seen in recent years. Ty, the other team news, Victor Lindelof looks like he's going to be ill for the game. And of course, uh, Eric Bailly's come back from international duty injured. Um, so United's back f- four for the game. Um Maguire and Varane seems like the maybe most logical choice, but we've seen Phil Jones, you know, he, he's done all he can to a degree, hasn't he? And I, I was going to say there's youngsters to be involved. It's only really Will Fish who'd be available to supplement the, the options there. So it looks like it's going to be, you know, two from that three that we mentioned before it's centre-back against Middlesbrough. Uh, I would be tempted to play Phil Jones, to be honest. Um, I think the risk of playing Varane and Maguire is that if one of them picks up a problem, against Burnley, then you're suddenly throwing in Phil Jones against Burnley. And I think you're probably <laughs> rather he played against Middlesbrough at Old Trafford than Burnley at Turf Moor, especially when they've got a new six-foot-six dinosaur to, to play on. T-Rex, so, yes. Yeah. Um, so I think there'd be a temptation there. We saw against, um, I'll get it right this time, against Wolves, that he's still got a, a role to play and certainly against the championship side. He should be, mm. he should be good enough to feature. So I would consider... Maybe Jones, Jones and Varane. I think he partnered Varane against Wolves. So um, I, I would consider that, to be honest, and maybe wrap Harry Maguire in, in cotton wool to deal with the T-Rex on, on Tuesday night. Um, but beyond that, certainly the fullbacks picked themselves. I mean, the rest of the team really picked itself with the, the lack of numbers. But yeah, I do think there's a risk in playing Varane and Maguire and one of them picking up a problem when, when we don't know if Lindelof or Bayer would be fit for, for Tuesday night. And it just seems a bit... A bit unnecessary. We've seen now that Jones can still get through ninety minutes, can still defend. You're playing Championship opposition at Old Trafford. 
just put him in there, give him a game, keep him keep him happy, keep his spirits up, rest one of the other two. I don't see I don't see any problem with it really, and I would I would go down that route. You make it sound so easy, don't you? Um, in terms of uh, the way that United approach it, then Simon, we've already said there that in certain areas there might be a bit 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 bare in terms of options available. In terms of youngsters, maybe getting an involvement, can you see that actually happening? Yeah. I've already mentioned Will Fish at centre back, Alvaro Fernandez at left back. You know, he had interest in, the, in from the football league in terms of a loan last month, and without Alex Teller's available, you got Hannibal, of course, who should be getting more first team involvement as well. Do you actually think anyone will make the bench? I would think so, just because of the lack, uh, the, the amount of absences. Um, so Lindelof's not there, Bay's not there again. I think this is the sixth time Bay's come back from international duty with with an injury. Um, a player would have been out of contract this year, but they gave him a new contract last year. Again, we we talk about a comfortable culture. It's it's, it's like a holiday camp at United sometimes, uh, but given the amount of players missing. I think Alvaro Fernandez, as you said, he, he trained with the first team this week because Tellez was was obviously in South America and with Tellez unlikely to even make the bench, uh, I think it was a good opportunity for him to, to at least be in the match day squad. And then if, if you're in a position where the game's sewn up with a, enough time on the clock and there are more substitutions in the FA Cup as well, I think, then it's a good opportunity for someone who's made very good progress at United in the last uh, not even 18 months, I, would, I don't think, uh, to, to come on and, and make their debut. Uh, I don't think there's I don't think there's been any sign of Mejbri in training yet. I don't know whether he's had a bit of a break after the the Africa Cup of Nations. Um, you'd have thought he'd have been chomping at the bit to get involved in first-team training, but I'm not too sure what the circumstances are there because he was in the Arab Cup before AFCON as well. I don't think he's actually played for any of the United Junior teams since the Villarreal Youth League game, it might have been. So you're going back towards late November, early December, when he actually last turned out for United side. So it's been a while there. Uh, but hopefully it, Rangnick actually gives opportunities or at least the exposure to some youngsters because I, I think going back to the Villa game, when obviously he said that Marshall didn't want to be included in the squad, they only had eight substitutes and two of them were goalkeepers. Um, Guardiola got a fair amount of stick a few years ago when I think City didn't have enough substitutes and he didn't bother putting any of the academy graduates on the bench. And it would be a shame for United not to make the most of um, some players who who have already actually debuted under Rangnick. You know, Zidane Iqbal's been in the news recently with him making his international debut. So... Um, if, if they're down to, I don't think they're down to the bare bones as such, but clearly there's scope for some unknown quantities who, who don't have Wikipedia profiles out there yet to uh, to at least make the matchday squad. Ty, in terms of the actual way United approached the FA Cup this season, then we've, we've sort of already said, haven't we, in past podcasts that United almost seem to be better suited to these cup competitions, given you know the fact that they do have that firepower up front, they've got the big match players as well. How important do you view the FA Cup in United's season? Relatively important. Um, I, I mean, I guess it's third on the list of priorities, but I think it's only a marginal third. I mean, financially, top four has to be absolutely essential, but there's no reason a cup run can't go hand in hand with that. The Champions League is is always an opportunity once you're at this stage. Atletico Madrid, I think, are beatable given their, their form and their defending this season. But the FA Cup is United's most likely route to a trophy. This is obviously the fifth fifth season since they last won a trophy. It's an embarrassing record for a club of United stature, really. Um, 
and the, the the draw has been kind to them. They've got a championship team at home in the fourth round. It really it shouldn't be too taxing to get through tomorrow night and reach the fifth round. And then you're one way away from the quarterfinals. Things can open up for you very, very quickly. So I certainly I don't think it's it's obviously not the top priority. I don't think it's any Premier League club's top priority these days, unfortunately. But it's it's a huge opportunity there for them. It's a competition they could win that would make a, a substantial difference. You know, going going five years without trophy would be not unthinkable, but certainly not not a great look. So to win it this season would would breed confidence. And that first trophy for a squad can often kind of be the the boost you need. You almost get addicted to that to that winning feeling. Recently United have got addicted to losing semi-finals and finals. So once you get that feeling of kind of something that Solskjaer ironically used to say um, as he struggled to get them over the final hurdle that as a squad, once you once you win that first one, you have that experience of winning of a medal around your neck, of parading around the fans at Wembley or wherever, that winning feeling in the dressing room, it it can become addictive. And I think a lot of great teams win that first one and realise how special it is. And rather than backing off, they want to, they want to go and win more and win it again and again. And I think that, that can always happen with your first trophy. So I think it's definitely um, a, a real opportunity for United this season. And with a kind draw they've had in the fourth round, one they should be looking to make the most of. Yeah, you never remember beating semi-finalists, but you can often guess it was just all the goals Solskjaer's Man United anyway, and you're probably <laughs> spot on, aren't you? Um, in terms of predictions for the match then, Samuel, any chance of an upset? I mean, Chris Wilder is a manager who, you know, he, he's had a decent sort of record against United anyway, I think from his Premier League days. I remember that free old draw away at Sheffield United and uh, oh, they sort yeah. of exposed how, how bad United were that <laughs> night. But, um, you know, it's going to be a resilient test, but it's United at home to Borough, isn't it? Surely it's got to be a comfortable home win. You would imagine so. Uh, I hope so. So we just avoid extra time, of course, because it's you know the, the no replays at the moment, which has its advantage. But the the unfortunate payoff of that is that your um your working evening might extend past midnight, I suppose. But would you rather yeah. that or a Tuesday night in Middlesbrough? Uh, yeah, yeah, very, very oh. good. So I think I think it's worth a sacrifice in that sense. But I would still imagine United would win this relatively comfortably Middlesbrough have got one eye or both eyes more like on, on trying to get promoted Wilder's got them up the table I think they're seventh in the, the league last I checked anyway and United should be fielding quite a, a strong side um, as, as you said earlier about the panels we were doing I think that I mean, the team I picked it wouldn't be a surprise if 10 or or all of them are picked by Rangnick tomorrow night uh, you know, Wambasaka might get in ahead of Dallow because he's not played for, for quite a while but otherwise as you said earlier I think the team does pretty much pick itself due to the amount of players uh, absent and uh, how how streamlined the squads has, has been post deadline day as well so yes I, I, I'd probably go with a 2-0 a, a, a humdrum 2-0 win yeah, Ty, we've been starved of football over the last fortnight, haven't we? But it's two games a week now for the foreseeable future for United as well. Just how big a week do you see to see this coming up? Obviously, it's got Southampton, you've got Burnley, like you said, uh, next week as well. But getting a win against Borough can really be that springboard for United to go on a decent run now and make up some ground in the top four race as well. Yeah, I mean, it should be a week of, of three relatively routine wins, really, especially as United went into this break looking looking more like a, a, a looking better I guess at any point under Ranić so far there was unconvincing spells against Villa and, and Brentford but seven points from nine in, in that week was pretty decent the second half at Brentford there was a hell of a lot to like in the way they attacked 
West Ham, they had a lot of control. Um, so there were there were definitely plus points to it. They had a settled formation and a progressive formation. So it does feel like like things are pointing in the right direction and they need to build on that because any defeat in those three games will be a poor and, and unexpected defeat. And they have I'm going to say taking control of the top four race because obviously it's difficult to judge with all the games in hand, but they've got a, a real runnable, a real, a real winnable run of games in the Premier League in their next their next four games. Um, and obviously it gets tougher after that, but if they can string four wins together, I don't think any of the challenges look like stringing four wins together. So it could be that by then, you know, by the time they're playing the derby, they've got a, a bit of a cushion and they do look much more secure in fourth. And I think that has to be the, the challenge now to, to put away these lesser teams and, and do it with more ease than they have been doing of late. Yeah, exactly. Let's see what it holds ahead. Um, not sure when we'll be back next week, obviously, because we've got Monday, we've got the game on Tuesday, but we will be back at some point to look back on this Borough game and look ahead to the, the pack fixture schedule as well. So Samuel and Ty, thank you very much for joining us today on the Manchester is Red podcast. Thank you, Rich. Cheers, Rich. Thank you. And thank you once again, wherever you are in the world. As always, please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already, and we will see you again next time.